0: Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about how real estate is a better alternative to the stock market. And when I say real estate, I'm talking about apartment buildings. This is, uh, after all, the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast. Um, but like I said, hey, we're just going to talk about why real estate is better. Um, and on our website, I'll, in the show notes, there's going to be a link to a, a product that we have that has uh, a lot more details, you know, numbers, graphs, and pretty pictures. Uh, just a, a report, a free report, by the way. Um, the details, a lot of these aspects, uh, something that you can, you can download, you can share with your friends and, uh, you know, just a little more proof. And, um, anyway, here we go. So investing in the stock market, it's something we've all heard from, from the beginning. Uh, every financial planner for decades has told me, Hey, invest in the stock market, invest in the stock market. Overall, your returns are going to, you know, make it so you're able to retire when you're, you know, 65 years old. Right. Um, now, here, here's here's the problem with that philosophy okay number one we've seen many times or I've seen many times in my life I don't know you know how old uh, you are you know the, the, the average listener but uh, you know I'm 40 something years old and I've seen several times in my life where the stock market has crashed you know just a couple of months ago we hit record highs in most of the indices um, and the stock market lost over one-third of its value between the end of February or the end of January and middle of March uh, what's more it's not the first time it's happened in my lifetime there's several different periods you know 2001 2008, Um, You know, there was a tech bubble in 99, lots of times over the last, you know, 20, 30 years where all of these gains overnight have completely disappeared. All right. So anyway, what's in the stock market? Well, pension plans, retirement plans, you know, life savings, you know, college savings plans, you know, all kinds of really important things for the average person. All right. But is there a better alternative to that volatile stock market that can continue to deliver high yield returns without the volatility? Okay, hey, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. So let's let's talk first of all about multifamily real estate, aka apartments. You know, so first of all, you know what is multifamily? Uh, well, most people think of real estate and investments. I think they're probably thinking about single-family homes. You know, that's considered residential real estate. Uh, however, apartments, you know, commercial real estate. Uh, let's say commercial first, and we'll talk about apartments. Um, there's four four main property types. You know, there's office, there's retail, there's industrial, and multifamily. All right, multifamily is exactly that apartments. Now, multifamilies historically, you know, compared to the other asset classes produced, excuse me, the other property types has has, uh, produced more consistent and high yield returns um, over history. And they've been the most resilient in economic downturns. Now, by definition, a multifamily commercial real estate is any property with five or more units. Um, Like I said, just uh, your average regular apartment complex. All right. So what makes these investments stable and resilient? Uh, Well, Lots of reasons. I think uh, number one, everybody needs shelter and a place to live. You know, It's a fundamental human need. People are choosing to live in apartments more now than any time ever before too. You know, we have millennials that are, are putting off home ownership and we have a lot of baby boomers who are currently downsizing. Between those two groups, um, we are actually at near all time lows on home ownership rate, right? So anyway, everyone's Everyone needs a place to live. They're more and more frequently choosing apartments to live in. And that's leading to um, a good investment opportunity for the long term. Now, the other thing is um, when you look at uh, recessions, um, recessions tend to create supply and demand imbalances. During recessions, new developments tend to slow down. You know, people who are building stop building. It happens. Um But by the time the recession is over, the demand for housing outweighs the supply because, hey, guess what? People keep – the population keeps growing. There's more people at the end of the recession than there was before and the the housing construction has gone down. Therefore, supply and demand imbalance that ends up um, basically countering a lot of the the negative factors of recessions. All right. Um, Next thing we'll look at is – Unlike the stock market or single-family home valuations, multifamily investments are not linked to consumer confidence. You know, investors losing confidence will sell, driving stock prices and market indices down. You know, and in, in the in the single-family, we saw you know 2004 to 2006-ish timeframe where you know the investors, not the investors, but uh, just the the consumers, you know, what they did with house house prices you just kept on going up and up, and there was another buying frenzy in this case, which caused house prices to grow fast at an unsustainable rate, which ended up uh, leading to a market crash a little while later. All right, so we talked a little bit about, you know, stability and resilience. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, returns. So a couple of things that lead to high returns, um, they, they are present when you're looking at single family homes, but they're kind of augmented in a lot of ways with apartment buildings. Um, number one, we're gonna talk about inflation and how inflation helps that. Uh, First of all, there's, there's two primary ways to earn returns in real estate. You know, First is you increase the equity in the property. Uh, second is uh, from the cash flow. And inflation drives both of these up over time. Now, the federal target for inflation is typically about 2% per year, which means year over year, the property value and rental income of most properties will generally increase by about 2% per year. Now, let's talk about leverage. So one thing that's uh, really good about apartment buildings, you know, and, and compared to the stock market again, you know, let's say you wanted to buy, I don't know, a million dollars worth of stock. You can't go to a bank and say, hey, I want to buy a million dollars worth of stock, or can you give me a $800,000 loan or a million dollar loan? But with real estate, you can absolutely do that. You can go to the bank and say, hey, I want to buy a million dollar apartment complex. Will you give me a $750,000 loan? And they'll say, absolutely. All right. So Uh, You bring to the table $250,000, they bring to the table $750,000, and voila, you have an apartment building. Now, with that 25% down payment, if the property value increases by 10%, uh, the return on investment is actually 40% because it's 10% on the million-dollar purchase price and not 10% on the $250,000 you put in uh, as as your investment. So due to your leverage position, the year-over-year increases in a property is multiplied. Uh, which leads to consistently high returns that will outpace inflation. Now number two, we're going to look at cash flow. okay one of the fundamental laws of successful investing is to find properties that cash flow. Now if a property has a net positive cash flow from day one, inflationary pressures will continue to push rents and expenses up at roughly the same rate, you know unless there's some supply and demand imbalances. Uh, overall, inflation will drive cash flow up year- over year, which only increases the annual rate of return. Now in areas high, of high growth, uh, rents will typically increase much faster than inflation, but expenses are usually tagged right, right with inflation. So um, your, your cash flow and your property value are just going to go up over time. Now, another thing we look at is, is debt pay down. You know, once again, we talked about the bank, you know, on a million dollar property, giving you a $750,000 loan. Well, just like your mortgage payment on your house, you know, over the years of ownership, you're going to pay that loan down. Um so at the end, when you, when you sell, you know, say you had that $750,000 loan again, you, know, you, you pay, it, pay the loan off over several years or you, you pay the loan down over several years. Let's say 10 years from now, you sell. Um, now, instead of a $750,000 balance, you have maybe a four hundred dollars or $500,000 balance. Right? When you sell, that's equity that's released and, and basically ends up being profit put into your pocket. And when you're looking at cash flow, you know, when we talk about cash flow, we're talking about cash flow after debt service, okay? So the money that you get from cash flow is already accounting for the mortgage payments that you've paid off. All right, now next thing we're gonna look at is forced depreciation. You know, it's, it's uh, I think everybody's familiar with flipping properties. You know, there, there's, you know, Home and Gardens TV or whatever, you know, a lot of different programs where you look at people who are flipping properties. Um, well, it's very similar and you can do the exact same thing in multifamily, right? For example, you know, we are closing very soon uh, by the time you hear this podcast, we will have closed on an 80-unit uh, property in uh, upstate South Carolina. You know, For example, this property, out of the 80 units, only 72 are rentable right now. Now, the other eight are in various stages of disrepair, um, but we're going to put in about you know, $120,000 to $150,000 to bring those eight units back up to rent-ready condition. Now, what is that going to do to the property? Well, it's going to bring the value of the property up because we have increased um, the, the net operating income by about 10%. I mean, 10, 10% of the units are down. We're bringing 10% of the units up. Uh, now that's going to increase the property value, number one, and it's also going to increase the cash flow. So just like you know, fix and flipping, you can also do something similar with multifamily. Now the other thing we're going to do with this property is we are going to upgrade the interior units, and when we upgrade the interior units, that's that's going to make it so we can rent these units out at at, uh, a premium or a higher price. You know, once again, increasing cash flow. And because real estate is valued by its income stream, it's also going to increase the price of the asset. And last thing we'll talk about here are just tax advantages. You know, in a nutshell, because of the ability to depreciate property and because of how kind the U.S. tax law is towards real estate, um, it's common to show a net loss on a property on your tax return while actually making significant cash flow. All right, personally, I think this is how President Trump legally avoids paying federal taxes. You know, some of you might remember in 2016 debates with Hillary Clinton. You know, she pointed the finger at him and said, "You know, hey, he doesn't even pay federal taxes." And you know, his response was, "Hey, well, that doesn't make me a, a crook or anything. That makes me smart." You know, like him or hate him, you can't disagree that finding a way to legally not pay taxes is smart, and real estate allows us the opportunity. Um, may it may not uh, completely clear you uh, of an overall tax burden, uh, but you're not going to be paying a lot of taxes per dollar uh, received from uh, real estate investments. All right. Now, finally, can how, how can somebody invest in real estate? Well, two main ways of investing. You know, there, there's millions of ways. You know, you can probably, probably a new way every 30 seconds just because of how how creative some people are. But uh, investing in commercial, there, there's a couple ways you can you can try to tackle something by yourself. You know, maybe grab a friend or two and pull your resources and and uh, go actively invest. Um, but there's also something called passive investing, where you can um, find a syndicator. You know, a syndication is simply a, a group of people who pool their resources uh, for a common cause. Uh, for example, you know, for Oaks Capital we're we're a syndication company. So what we do is uh, we take um, we take investments from private people who want to earn the types of returns that real estate can offer. Uh, We pull all this money together and we go out and we purchase a a real estate asset, okay. um, An apartment building or, or something of that nature. Um, And in the day, in in the end, the, the investors have an ownership percentage. And as we bring in cash flow, you know, we're paying distributions and the owners are are gaining equity in the property just like we are. Um, Anyway, in conclusion, you know, why worry about the volatility in the stock market? Let's find something that's stable, um, high yield and isn't going to erase your hard earned investments overnight. Um, you know, once again, we have a, a free, uh, brochure that's going to discuss, uh, a, lot, a lot of this stuff in detail, give you some pretty, some numbers and charts and pretty pictures to show it all. Um, the link that's going to be in the show notes, you know, go ahead and, uh, and check it out. And our website is www.fouroakscapital.com right. Um, any questions for me, you know, just just, uh, you know, give us a shout out, um, fill out the form on our website and talk to you later. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast today, brought to you by Four Oaks Capital. If you'd like to know more about how to invest in apartment buildings or want to be a guest in our show, visit our website at fouroakscapital.com slash podcast or email us directly If you're still listening, you obviously like the show, so pull out your phone, tap subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you again next week.